know what Technically, that was the best one you did. That's what he's saying. Well, let's uh, let you want to hear it. Welcome to the A Little Off Track podcast, recorded on Cherry Street in Galesburg, Illinois, with your hosts Eric Hansen, Ted Bevenauer, and Mandy Balser. Hi, I'm Joe. I'm gonna play music tonight. Featuring today's guest, Joe Stam from the Joe Stam Band. You know, we wouldn't have Joe Stam if the Pittsburgh Steelers were in the. Uh, in the playoffs, yeah. Joe Stan would not be here. Yeah, well, we can't you know, compete with that. Originally, you wanted me here last week, and I was supposed to go to my drummer's birthday party. So it was like uh, the night on the night before. So I was like, "Oh shit!" I, you know, I don't want to drive over to Galesburg on a Sunday afternoon hungover. <laughs> and then, and then in the meantime, I didn't end up going to that party, and I felt great last Sunday. And then today, we find out it's the NFL playoffs. By the way, this is a, a little off track. Uh, a podcast based in Galesburg, high above Cherry Street. My friend uh, Ted Bevenauer and madly, uh, truly madly, Mandy uh, Anderson is here with us today. Balser. Balser. Been married ten years. But My it's God. Yeah, just like it's I still okay. live in, just like I still live in Metamora. We'll Voice it. actress uh, Mandy Mandy Balzer and uh, Ted Bevenauer, who uh, we've all worked together before. We have, and, it's true. And we've been wanting to do a podcast for about eleven years. We have, yeah, yeah. going on that. Yeah, and we have it. Didn't you already do a pilot episode? We did, okay. but we didn't have a musician. We didn't have a. a oh, so you're not going to air that one? Well, no, no, we are. You just did it at to, some point. It'll you, be like you the just did bloopers. a You just it, you did a pilot episode, and then you pitched it to yourselves and decided, <laughs> yes, we're going to yes. do this. That's right. <laughs> And then we we're Shark like, let's ourselves. get Joe Stam in here because that dude, what's he doing? It was basically just, it was basically a therapy session that we recorded. Oh, okay. And in reflection, we were all like, all right. yeah, okay, we need a guest. So, all right. All right. so then you're here. We're Hi, good. Joe. Hi. Hello. All the way from uh, It's Lake- not Metamora. Lakin. Lakin, Illinois. Lakin. Yeah, I mean, existentially speaking, I suppose I am from Metamora, <laughs> but I haven't lived there in 20 years, despite what you say to me right when I walk in the door every time I see you. Are we are we your first podcast? Uh, no. 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 Oh. I listened Sorry. to another podcast you yeah. did this morning. Really? Yeah, just in to get, preparation. Just to get See, that's, yeah. a, that's professional right I was there. trying to do my research. I've been in several. Yeah. Yeah. In several? I've been in several. Yeah, and not, uh, you know, not like Joey Rogan level, you know, <laughs> Joe You're Rogan. there now, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is it. So, um, if you're listening to this, uh, you can't see it, obviously, but I am sporting the Joe Stam t shirt. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you remember when I got this t shirt. Probably not. not Because you've done several shows. A couple over the years. Yeah. Uh, so you came to a show? No. What oh. was the? No, no. <laughs> God, I no. This. I did not go to a show. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. What was the thing that we used to do outside of Buffalo Wild Boots oh, bands boots and Buffalo bands, Wild? Boots. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo right. Wild. Is that what it's from? It, so that night, the show. I'm like trying to give you an FM95 T-shirt because that's where we all used to work at the time. Yeah. And you're, and I'm like, I'll try you this shirt for one of your shirts yeah, and, love you're that like, move. and you're like yeah i don't really want one of those <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like no 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 i'm not trying to get one for free like i'll trade you man and right, you're like right yeah i still don't want that yeah. because yeah so yeah so it's i a, bought a t-shirt from you that night <laughs> the, those <laughs> trades aren't cool because like i i have too many t-shirts as it is because like right. people give me t-shirts all the time yep. and it's like well i spent like 10 or $12 on this shirt that I'm going to sell, and it potentially can make me 10 or $12 additionally. So basically, if you trade me a worthless shirt 
that I don't want that I spent like ten or twelve dollars for that shirt by for trading shirt you. For this shirt, I will never wear. Yeah, yeah. yeah for a shirt like ahead. I might wear mowing the lawn or something. Yeah. All right, all right. So it's you can tell shirt. by how black it still is. Yeah, that you don't wear it. This is like the third time yeah. I've worn this shirt. Well, it looks sharp on you. I don't know why you're not. Yeah. That's the original Joe Stam band shirt. So yeah, we were, man. We were what? Joe Stam and the Twenty Sixers originally. Are you saying that's the very first shirt? That is the very first shirt that was produced as the Joe Stam band. Like we we were the oh. Joe Stam and the Twenty Sixers, and then like the two brothers who were in that band had a had a coup. And they stole wow. the twenty sixers. All right. What is you know? the, what did that part yeah. mean? The twenty sixers were you guys all? We 26? all lived around. No, we all lived um, in and around uh, Route 20, Illinois Route twenty six. Oh, nice. cool. Okay. So, so they they absconded and then and took the name the twenty sixers. Mm. And so then I went to something that nobody could ever. No, no, you know. Nobody, I, nobody can just take the band. That's already been taken. Right. I also so. <laughs> I also remember about that show. We were scrambling to get about $200 to pay Joe and his band for traveling. <laughs> remember? Because yes. our boss would not Are give us. Serious? There was no money to pay talent. And he's the only one that really traveled right. to get there. They were the, I think you guys headlined that night. Or they no, did no, headline. It wasn't Josh Thompson. It wasn't no. Josh Thompson. No. You had had Josh Thompson, I think, the year before, which sounded a lot cooler. Possibly. Which probably what got us there. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, last whoever, year whoever, whoever you hired to be the headliner that night had no draw. Yeah, either had about it's the true. same amount of draws we did, which was none. No, when you took when you guys left the stage, it was kind of a mass exodus. Yeah. It really yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. So you and we didn't it. we didn't have much of a following. So I think mass exodus after we played is a little bit generous in and of itself. Wait, yeah. wait. I want to come back to the t-shirt for just one second. Yeah. Do you want to do you wanna buy this t-shirt? No. <laughs> No. I probably got. I used well, to save it's one of everything. Now it should be worth. Yeah, it's vintage. Uh, you man. Put, it, put it on eBay. It is, and it's got it's got your dog that's since passed. She has, but yeah. we still use the logo. Oh, that's yeah. your dog. Yeah, that oh. was Ruby. He's on Ruby. everything. Is he on the sticker? No, he's not on that bus sticker right there on well, that laptop. No, he's not. Well, on yeah, the... he is. He's on the bus. Is he on and there? So if, if you anything that's Joe Stamban. Look, he's on. He's on this little single here. Oh. Yeah. Feel everything like, that's jo- anything that's Joe Stam band or Joe Stam music related, it'll be there somewhere. It's not always featured. So like, yeah, look on that vinyl. Look on the front of that vinyl. It's on. It's it's uh, like the sticker on my guitar. Well, he's not on the cover of uh, this. Oh no, it is. Yes. It's and if on you the look, guitar right there. And oh if you God. look, and if you look on the spine. On all our vinyls, on the same spot, on the spine of the vinyl, it'll have the dog. It's like so the Easter you, egg. If you line them up alphabetically, you know, they'll, they'll be there. Yes, so it is an Easter egg totally. basically on everything. And some designs feature the dog more or less, but that is, that, that you can find it there. Well, I feel better about wearing my shirt today. It looks there. great. It looks great. <laughs> yeah. That was back before my wife took over um, the graphic design. So I actually did that myself. In a, in a design program for uh, for designing headstones, because that's what I did at the wow. time. Wow, how macabre. And so I, I created um, part of that in, in a monument designer software. It's a CAD program that I bumped it over to Adobe Photoshop. And so, you know, like, I had to include as many different things as possible, like the Illinois and the D... And then, of course, you need a fence row. Well, of course you do. And then yeah. you have to put the name and dis- you have to distress, you know, the, the font. Well, and otherwise, it looks like I had been wearing the shirt. Right. <laughs> well, either either way. So that that's that's the that's early. It's it's that's vintage. There's lots of Joe that's Joe Stam it gets. merchandise in the in the room. All of my Joe Stam albums have been given to me by Joe Stam. Yeah, because you're certainly not going to buy them. Uh, no. <laughs> 
cheap ass. And and with love, when he gives them to you, gives him. Look, I mean, he signed Aww. it. Yeah, yeah. I tried to insult you at least on what all the covers. What does he say? Did I was that one insulting? To Eric, my full-time arch nemesis and part-time friend. And, and <laughs> yeah. turn around, Joe. There's an album right behind it. you. Tell us what you wrote on the very first album you gave me. Okay, Dandelion the, Woman. To the, to the biggest douche on radio. <laughs> Thanks for the spins. Yeah. God, yeah. I'm, that I'm so amazing. happy that then, I was gone at that point. <laughs> then I did I did a little research, and I'm not the only one, Joe's an asshole, too. Uh, when, he, when he does, like, liner notes, it says, original songs written by Joe Stam, original recordings produced by Joel. Yep. Perpetual. Yeah. At Rock Bottom Studios. Uh, Macanda, Illinois? Macanda, Macanda. Macanda. It's down by Carbondale. Yeah. Wakanda. Uh, special thanks to Josh totally Frazier. For his lack of support and belligerence <laughs> on this production. Oh. So I'm not the only jo- one. Josh was like, a, he great. was the producer's friend, and he would just show up with a case. I think it was Bush Light. Speaking of which, mine's empty. Oh, um, I think it was a, a case. I think it was, it, it, he would show up with a case of Bush Light and drink the whole thing and just get belligerently drunk. And unhelpful. Here's Aww. how we here's how we get Joe uh, another beer. Ted's texting my I'm wife. I'm texting I your wife say. right I was now. Wondering yeah. about that. She can bring the whole six pack, five pack up now, um, so that she doesn't have to do it. And she's going to knock on the door, and she'll be here in just a little bit. I oh. I, I did do a, a little bit of research. So um, from uh, by the way, uh, Metamora Metamora High School senior year, uh, the Metamora. What are they? Redbirds. Won the state championship. No, but thanks for mentioning it. We got no. second. We, got we second. Lost. Who was the quarterback? Joe. Joe Stan. Yeah, I read that. You know, <laughs> I read Joe that in your Stan. biography we, this morning. We, here's the other thing. What, what went and, down and in we, that game? And we talk about this. This is another like recurring theme. We, we have so, literally had this conversation <laughs> however many times you've done interviews with me. Like, yeah. We can do a 30-second spot at the Galva Backroad Music Fest, and you still bring this up. <laughs> Not on the wound. No, I'm pretty but, sure you but, do. But here's the thing: <laughs> there's actually forget. so there's actually news on this front. Like there is de- there is there is news that has developed as of this year for this conversation. So even if you've listened to all of me and Eric's wait, uh, history has changed. Wow. No, it hasn't That's changed. It's, de- it's developed. So we were actually state runners up my junior and senior year, which I started at quarterback. And this year, oh, I was elected to Metamora's Sports Hall of Fame. That's so great! What? And, then, and then the the team. The team, both 99 and 2000, my junior and senior year, were just elected to the uh, Greater Peoria Sports Hall of Fame. This, that's the ceremony. Congratulations, in, man. In March. So, yeah. So, there's right. actually something new to talk about in that. That's wow. pretty cool. But yeah. wait, like, when you get pulled over now, can you be like, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? <laughs> Well, uh, thank you Yay, so much. Thank Laura. you, Laura. Yeah. Laura showed up with we the love beer. You, honey. Yeah. Thank you. Because <laughs> believe me, if I'm going to get through an hour of this, you said. Right. I'm well, need I, more beer. That is fair. Wikipedia doesn't know about these uh, recent accolades. No. Is, am I on Wikipedia? Well, I looked at Metamora. You know, notable no. for Metamora. <laughs> I got notable. I got I got Kenny Robertson, who's a UFC fighter. Do you know Kenny? Kenny was a junior when I was a senior. So no Kenny, okay. Kenny was our starting. <laughs> Nose tackle. Uh, Joshua Fennell turned out to be a professional Colgate uh, University. Oh, a professor. Uh, Caleb <laughs> Caleb uh, uh, Turbush is a football quarterback at Purdue. Jacob Beechcraft went on to found mm-hmm. a therapeutic company. Do you know him? I don't. I know you who don't. Caleb is, though. Okay. Yeah. Even though he was long after. And I didn't see Joe Stam anywhere. I'm like, 
Wikipedia needs to be updated. So, you know, we can do that, yeah. right? We can't. We have to pay money. Oh, we can't. No, we no, must. you don't have to pay money. Well, now all. you have something to do this Joe, week. Joe, like, Absolutely. as a thank you for being here today, we're yeah, going to get your ass Make no Wikipedia. bones about it, folks. <laughs> there, I am making no bones <laughs> by being here. Unless, is there, are you going to hunt down your producer to scratch up $200 again? <laughs> Yeah, we're working on that. She just right. brought up the beer, man. <laughs> that I bought on my way over. Laura yeah, yeah, is yeah, our yeah. producer. A little off track is a podcast recorded in Galesburg. So who better to design our logo than Galesburg's own Josh Dixon? Get a killer logo of your own at joshuadixonart.com. Come on, this is the coolest podcast you've done. But so far. So far. So far, but there's room for it to plummet. Yep. So it's the only on-site podcast. I think all the other ones have been. Where virtual. were they? So like this morning, my wife, she's a big Vikings fan, and, and they're about to kick off in an hour. Yeah. So it's a big deal around my house. Yeah. And she's like, Don't you usually do podcasts? Just like phone interviews <laughs> why can't you just call we don't them? do that because yeah. no. it's eric you we had to see you he eric. is high touch high feel extrovert it is, it he is, needs it is to more fun. make eye it is contact with you this way right. it's more fun this way that's awesome yeah <laughs> so no wikipedia i did find out this week uh that that one of my songs at least one is on ultimate guitar tabs are you guys familiar with what ultimate guitar tabs is it's no. a thing where you watch the stuff come down the computer screen. Yeah, so if, if you want to know, okay, I want to know how to play Johnny Cash, Walk the Line. You go to Ultimate Guitar Tabs, you type it in, and 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 it's it's kind of like a Wikipedia. Anybody can create the tabs, the guitar tabs. So a guitar so fan of your music probably put it up there then? Must have. Nice. Must have. So so I basically, you know, I, I may not make it. Hey, wait, Wikipedia that was us, yet, actually. But, but I basically made it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's once better. You get, yeah, song once you get to the guitar, guitar tabs, tabs or yeah. Wikipedia, <laughs> yeah. right. you're, you're there. There are strangers out there <laughs> putting my, like, trying to figure out how to play my songs. At least one. At least one. At least one. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up swimming on Crow Creek It ran calm and cool and clean When the rain would fall in the early spring Mama would tell my brother and me Stay out of that brown water It'll pull you and it'll drag you under that current is stronger than you think Brown water will carry your life away Joe Stam's stories live at the Apollo Theater a couple years ago. Yeah. It's kind of my favorite. Um, and I was listening the other night. Did someone really tell you uh, that brown water would take your life away? Um, no. I love that line. Good. I do, too. It's great. Did someone help you write it? No. Just, no? No, they... Several years ago, it was 2013. Explain the song to to Mandy and Ted. They don't know. Is it Crow? Is it Crow Creek? It's called Crow Creek. Crow Creek. Yeah, Crow Creek is uh, a creek that that feeds into the Illinois River. I live about a half mile from the Illinois River as the crow flies, and about a half mile south of me uh, as a crow flies is no pun intended, actually uh, a Crow Creek. And I, it was April 2013. It, it rained for like two or three days straight, and we had a bunch of floods. And so a lot of these little tributaries, creeks were flooded. They flooded roads. It's, I had to go way east um, from where I worked to be able to get to high ground to make it back to my house. Because, um, again, I live uh, along I live around Route 26, which is a river road, so parts of it were flooded. Um, anywhere where Crow Creek was passing through were, were flooded. 
And I knew there wasn't going to be anything to do that night other than sit in my living room. So I found a liquor store on my circuitous way home, got a bottle of Jameson. I don't drink it anymore, so please don't buy me Jameson shots if you see me at a show. <laughs> uh, and and I sat in my living room and, and wrote it. It was pouring down rain. I was drinking in a, what turned into an t- entire bottle of whiskey. And the song is about um, spring and flooding. And, and, and heeding that warning from yeah, your mother or grandmother, yeah, whoever because, said that. It's yeah, a great line. Yeah, and because if you know anything about, for instance, like kayaking or canoeing or just being on these quaint little creeks and small rivers or big rivers for that matter in flood stages it is extremely dangerous oh yeah and the current will drag you i think the line in the song is more dangerous than you think it is or yeah 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 yeah. this current is stronger than you think yeah and so it it, i kind of i tied in that theme um with alcoholism and because we always called whiskey brown water brown water will take your life away see when you brought this up i was i was going the direction that i thought you were going of brown water liquor uh, whiskey, yeah. and then I hear the beginning of your story, and I'm like, "Oh, it's not that at all." But it's, it's the, yeah. It so it's a story song, and it develops. The first verse is about childhood and swimming in the creek. The second verse is about growing up and working on a river barge, and the, like barge workers at the time, a good friend of mine was was uh, a barge worker, and they they leave. T- they, they it's like three weeks on, three weeks off. Oh, yeah. So you're gone, you're away from home and family and and friends and and life for like three weeks and three weeks off. So. That verse was about, um, at risk of explaining a song too much, uh, that verse was about, you know, being away and, um, and, and kind of letting your life slip away with that kind of schedule. Um, and then the third and fourth verse are about alcoholism and the cost of that. And so it, it, it kind of follows a guy's story throughout life as it deals with actual bodies of water. And then that, you know, when you're in flood stage, it's, it's brown water and, and, uh, that's awesome, actually, because uh, personally, I can relate to both sides of that. Uh, one, I'm a drunk and an alcoholic, <laughs> and I have my own issues with brown water. Sure. Uh, but also, I was in New Orleans after Katrina with my brother, and we oh, were sure. playing frisbee in the river in the brown water. Mm-hmm. And I dove after a Frisbee and I won't show it to you because my boobs are too big, (laughs) but I have this scar that runs all up my side from diving into some brown water after a Frisbee and ripping. Caught some debris. Yeah. Well, there was a, there was a snag, a a tree under there and I ripped my side up on that. Hey, one day at a time, one day at a time, fellow alcoholic. There you go, brother. (laughs) One day at a time. (laughs) One day at a time. Yeah. And so I I was a little self-conscious about carrying that six pack. Back in why because I, I know you are a recovered alcoholic yeah i'm good but, with uh, it. but you know i was like fuck it <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, it's fine <laughs> so you down this bottle of whiskey uh-huh. you write this epic song i don't know if it's epic but okay it's, it's it sounds like it's pretty epic. crow creek's great yeah. yeah thank you and then the next day do you you feel bad you feel like hot garbage or i don't remember the hangover what i remember is so i have very close <laughs> friends that live uh, a mile and a half down the road, and his property actually straddles Crow Creek, um, and and so he he also does not have a typical job. So as I quit my, he, he's just a close friend of mine, and um, has a fluid schedule like my own. 
which is irrelevant to the story now that I think about it. But anyway. <laughs> it's okay. That's why we call it a little they, bit off track. No, you yeah. asked about yeah. edits earlier. <laughs> so him and a couple other friends in the neighborhood drove up that night. Again, there wasn't much to do. And I had finished the song. Because I, I told him, I said, hey, I, I wrote this song. I think it's pretty good. Come up and listen to it. And, and it, the thing I remember about it is the impression and how much it affected all the people in my small little li- living room that mm-hmm. happened to live close by and were able to come up on this inclement weather night. Um, so I and all of that, the, yeah. Whether there was a hangover the next morning, which there most certainly must have been, um, that's been washed um, from your memory. Yeah. Brown water. It's been washed down the river of time. Was it like oh <laughs> nine or two thousand ten? That was, was lovely. Was nice. The yeah. first time you walked in with a guitar in Probably, the studio. Yeah, and I had that horrible record that I had completed and the horrible group of songs. I could were you were you even playing shows? And you were no, and you were just nice enough to. We, Danny Everhart was the common thread there. Like you knew Danny, and Danny had come on the show, and so Danny's like, "You should go over here," and you. You let me come over, and for some reason, like you let me keep coming back because that had to be terrible. <laughs> no, it had to be terrible. No, it, it wasn't was terrible. The, the 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 thing that I would tell people when I talk about like getting started in the music business, so to speak, because it's been a long journey since two thousand seven, which would have been my first ever public appearance. Yeah, um, in St. Charles, Illinois, is that you're in the in the beginning, you're armed with a certain total ignorance of how bad your songs are and how how bad you probably are <laughs> and and fortunately you know that that has ignorance has been a, a friend of mine throughout throughout this whole journey of trying to become a, a full-time musician yeah well um, and i'm sure and i'm sure it still certainly is i, I hope that 10 years from now i'll look back like oh my god i thought i was you know doing pretty good and Jeez. Then God, I, I was doing podcast. a podcast yeah. with Harrington Landing. <laughs> uh, what Jesus the hell is Christ. that well, I, you know, I, just, I hope the writing and the performances are that much better in 10 years that I can say it about right now. Well, but it's absolutely the but case. Did, you, did anyone actually come up and say, Joe, maybe maybe this isn't your path? No. Well, thankfully so not. You knew, yeah. No, thankfully But no, not. in 2011, Eric, that was you and I would have been on the show together. Right, right. But and I know so, he broke in before you came. All right. He came to see me before then. But yeah. I know when we had you on, it was this sort of chemistry yeah. that made it good you know and it was, was like yes yeah, like yeah. all right well, I've always been even able though to talk. the song is shit like i bet there's <laughs> yeah. no i didn't say that i've always been able way. to talk that's the, you do have a really lovely vocabulary oh, well, thank you as someone who loves words and has recently gotten into scrabble pretty deeply oh, man, I am your vocabulary My wife is, is exquisite a scrabble queen and i i pretty much refuse to play anymore it's just not fun i'm a slow thinker and so and so it, it's, it's just torture to sit there and I'll sit there and I'll, if it were up to me, I would sit there for 45 minutes on every turn because I'm haunted by the potentiality of whatever word it is that I can't see that's there <laughs> yes. that would score more points. I get that. And my wife, it can just rip it and kill everybody. I have the, the same sort of wife who is great at that, loves the game. And then yeah. me over here who can't spell. So there's she's like, that's not a word. And then, and then there's the whole then there's the whole thing with what you're not supposed to consult a dictionary, but right. it's like, well, 
if we don't, how will we ever know? <laughs> you, yeah. you can't prove to me. <laughs> yeah. But my wife is like, oh, yeah, I can't. Yeah. So there's <laughs> that. Where'd you get that big vocabulary? Have you just always? Well, I. I yeah, you're a Steelers fan. Where did you get <laughs> that, that, that big vocabulary? Well, first of all, Eric, before I answer that question, are you a football fan at all? No, I am. No, I, I he's a Steelers. Dallas Cowboys Dallas fan. Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> gonna ask you about your recent trip you just went so there are i mean there are two more reasons to be a steelers fan than a dallas cowboy fan you <laughs> know what they are oh, here one, we go. one any team is better than the cowboys <laughs> so let's hear the no, second it's, one it's, no it's actually it's actually much simpler it's um it's super bowl win five and six i was there oh, I, I remember the 70s too. so the fifth the fifth and sixth super bowl um, would be would be the two additional reasons to be a Steelers fan. 90, 96 is the we beat in ninety six, right? That was the last yeah. time the Cowboys won a yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's twenty six. I'm just talking. We. 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 I was we. part of it. Yeah, it. I know. I get it. So, well, you, I could I could rephrase this. There's four good reasons to be a Dallas Cowboy fan. There's six good reasons to be a Steelers fan. That's not cool. Are you picking up what I'm saying yet? I feel, like, I feel like you aren't getting the joke. You sound like a Cardinal fan. No. Okay, that's a solid burn because yeah. that's my team. Cardinal, yeah, like Cardinal, 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 Cardinal fans Cardinal are the biggest dicks. Yeah. And the thing is, and here's the you thing. You just reminded me of no, one. We really are. And here's the, I know. And here's the thing. Like I have friends that are Cardinals fans, and I love baseball. And I have a no, 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 no. I have a huge amount of respect for the Cardinals. Franchise yeah. because it is. I wish I had been born and raised a Cardinals fan. No, no, but I wasn't. no, no, no. Wait, wait. Let switch. me stop you. I am a Cardinals football fan. Oh, we're talking I'm about a Cardinals Cubs football. Cubs baseball fan. Oh. Yeah, no. Well, no, who? No, Cardinal. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know there were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't, I've never heard of that. I lived in yeah. Phoenix for many years. I love that team. My grandpa refused to drive to Chicago, and he's a Cub fan. I sat and watched Cub games with him. All through the summer, we sat on his bed and we watched uh, uh, Cub games. And then when we went to a Cub game, finally, we went to Bush Stadium because it was easy to get into. So, it is. Yeah. So because I sort of he... grew up a Cardinal fan, too, in like 82 franchise. and 85. Yeah. So we wouldn't go to Chicago you... because of the traffic? Yeah, he hated Chicago. I'm going to kick yeah. you straight So we never went to Wrigley Field. After this. Uh, yeah. Straight yeah. in the balls. Yes. Kick my grandpa straight in the balls. Is that I right? will. I'll kick him, too. Anyways, 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 I got my vocabulary. Yeah, tell me about I, your Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. A little bit it. off track. I graduated, I graduated uh, uh, with pretty good, with honors uh, as um, a biblical literature major. So, like, reading and writing. Shut up. Seriously? Reading and writing were, research were a huge part of, of that. I, I mean, I don't wow. think I have a vast vocabulary. A biblical But I would consider myself generally well-spoken, and I think that's why. Yeah. Okay. Do you, you intend to go into that? theology? Well, I don't know. I was lost. Somewhere. We consider you uh, uh, generally uh, well sung in. So pick up well that guitar oh, okay. and, and sing us a song. So shut up. You don't want to hear the I want to hear it, Dan. He wants to oh, hear yeah. your vocabulary to right. music. I do. I yeah, absolutely. no, I, I will. Um, and I'll get situated as I finish answering the question. Um, but yeah, it was. It, I, I didn't. At the time, I was very confused. Uh, I, I was very confused in my early 20s. And I grew up in a in a religious background, and it was just it felt like I was a history major, and I but I decided I didn't want to teach high school. Um, what else are you going to do with that? And so then I yeah. ended up transferring to a small private school, and and I don't know switched over. I thought maybe I did. Did you have a guitar then? Yeah. No, no. Um, but that does dovetail into that. Uh, I I thought maybe I'd go into academia, and I was more interested in biblical studies at the time. I thought maybe I'd go into publishing. Mm -hmm. um, which I did end up going into publishing, and it was it turned into a nightmare. 
Um, but but the the last semester at Taylor University, which is where I transferred and got my biblical studies degree, uh, I needed to take an arts course, and so to graduate, just any old arts course, arts and farts, and I <laughs> took intro to guitar. And okay. so that's when oh. I started learning to play guitar. Wow. And so I, pretty late to the game, you know, I wasn't one of these people who grew up and they're spending every night in their bedroom practicing guitar and, and thinking they wanted to be an artist. I didn't even start singing until... So what, you, you were know, like 20, 20? Uh, it would have been 2006, so I was, tw- damn, I guess I was 24. Okay. Yeah. It's just a little yeah. guy. I was old for a college graduate, <laughs> but, but yeah. As, as we uh, uh, sit here, uh, is, is an album being pressed? So yes, it is. I just sent Masters off to the, the pressing plant uh, last week. So um, great. We have a record coming out in, um, it'll prob, we haven't announced a date yet, but it's really kind of hinging upon the vinyl pressing um, schedule. So I called you the other day and you were listening to the masters in your truck. Or you I was, were, I was, actually, sending the I masters. was uploading them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sitting in his truck. Cause, cause the friend I was talking about, cause there's no wifi in the Crow Rock. Creek friend. <laughs> he has, he has, he, he has Starlink. And so the upload uh-huh. speed is way faster than the, 0.04 megabits per second that I get up in my house in the middle of nowhere. So I sit, I go down in his barnyard and and, and bootleg his bandwidth. And yes. Wow, barnyard bootleg and bandwidth. bandwidth <laughs> that's your next yeah. hit, my friend. Okay, that's the that's the name of your next record barnyard, right there. Bootleg and bandwidth. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, this rec next record will be out probably in August. Again, we haven't announced a final release date yet, but I'm play a couple songs. Wildlife. Wildlife? What's it called? Wild Man. Wild Man? You're always so close, but not quite. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it! It was close. Uh, I respect that you try, though. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I'll walk up to people who come to shows, and I'll say, hey, and I'll say their name, because, you know, it might not be right, but if it is right, man, you look good. Right. Often it's wrong. <laughs> right. Well, you know, vinyl's made a resurgence in the last uh, 10 years. In, um, it has. And that's why like it's... Like four albums ago, you decided we're going we're gonna to yeah, get vinyl out there. Yeah. The because demand was... People, people one, they, they like listening to it. I think for me, part of the reason I love getting vinyls at shows is it's a, it's a souvenir. You yeah. Know? It's, right. it's something physical that you can take. And Absolutely. You're, and you get to support the artist in the meantime. I so. looked at them like comic books when I was a kid. That's all I did. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Go through the liner notes yep. pick them apart read yep. along as you go and it's more room to write disparaging things to people <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely my mom you can't see it there's a rubber soul album back here for some reason kids wrote on albums as a kid and on the rubber soul album she wrote donna she wrote it i was like why did she do that <laughs> i did it with my kiss records i think i took the dynasty album and i uh i colored it in kiss records yeah kiss I, records i should yeah that's a good record to Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to hear from from a wild man? I'm gonna yeah, so I'm gonna play a couple songs off Wild Man through the course of this. I'm gonna play a couple of the the slower songs, story songs, because I feel like those translate a little bit better. I passed kind of around uh, to the crew here, to Mandy and uh, uh, Ted. The the cover is beautiful. Thank you. So yeah, cool. what, tell us about that. Um, my wife, like I said, does all our graphic design work, and the the title track Wild Man is kind of a mashup of a couple different Bible stories, and so and we took. Um, with some imagination worked in, and we took uh, just kind of imagery from those stories and from from the songs, and she kind of mashed them up into this really cool collage, and she did a beautiful job with it. You married an artist. Did you know that on uh, the first date that she was? uh... Uh, I 
I'm gonna. I'm, I think I knew from the getting to know you stage that led up to the first date that she was a graphic artist. You know, I didn't, and obviously had no anticipation of her becoming such an integral part of our. Yeah, but how great business. is that? You know, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. I tell all young musicians that um, one of the best things they could do for their independent music career is to marry a graphic artist. Yeah. There's, yeah, right. there's no way he's everywhere on social. I'm like, there's no way Joe Stam is pulling all this shit off by himself. <laughs> by himself. <laughs> and, and of course, there's a, a great woman, you know, sure right next to his man. side. Shut yeah. up and let him play this song. Right. Here's uh, our friend Joe Stam. With the dishes up and a fire burning And the smoke from Grandpa's pipe twisting and turning She settles in with a book again Gold flake long on off the pages King James on the cover tired and faded Shaking hands, peel the pages back, and her eyes go deep and wet. They turn a little red. Grandma never spoke about the message, and Grandpa never was much for religion, but every night. They'd sit there quiet And their eyes went deep and wet They'd turn a little red Open Grandma's Bible since she passed. He sits next to Grandpa's pipe on my desk. Grabbed it up last night. Found a note inside. It was a picture of a man. My grandma's Bible on the couch Pulled smoke from grandpa's pipe And breathed it out And I wrote this song About my grandpa John And my eyes went deep and wet And they turned a little red
Holy shit, man. That's our friend Joe Stam right there. Wow. First thing I want to say is that gave me chills. And I'm looking over at Mandy, and she's got tears in her eyes. You made me cry. That was awesome, man. Thank you. Truly, truly, madly, tearful, weepy, Mandy. (laughs) Truly, weepy, Mandy. (laughs) Sorry. No. So, like, uh, where the inspiration from that come from? Like, um... Do you I'm sitting here right now and I with what we were talking about with the with the creek and the farm, I'm seeing you like in like a three seasons room, like where you strum out some music and like there's a Bible and there is this pipe like is that shit for real? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I hate, you know, and, and it's, you know, so much of songwriting is is is. On, is, it's all, of course, on the spectrum of imagination on one side and experience on the other. And I've sure. used this analogy a thousand times, but it's true. It's just, you know, some some songs are closer to one side or the other. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very easy for me to imagine um, the grandma's Bible part. Like I, like I was mentioning earlier, I grew up in Mennonite Baptist uh, household. Um, and, you know, and my grandma and, and my mother are, are were like, grandma was my mother is you know fierce um fierce bible readers and and so that that part's easy um the other parts i don't don't know man you know i read stephen king has a great book it's called on writing right um where he actually talks about the writing process and one thing he talks about is 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 not necessarily always plotting out like what you like you know, when you when you're when you're taught to write essays in school, you know, you write out your outline. All right, in the first in the first, um, you know, bo- paragraph is going to be about this, and the second is going to be about this and this, and then I'm going to conclude with this. You you just if you just start at the beginning and let a story unfold, sometimes it will, and that's an example of one absolutely, of yeah, no, it, and that's phenomenal. I mean, just the storytelling in that is thank you really good, man. I thank like you. it a lot. But what I, you're saying it's a big fucking lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's not. But I think what you're really touching on is the fact that it is <clears throat> real because that story exists somewhere because you yeah. are able to conjure it up. And in the way that we're all connected in the universe, yep. those experiences are our experiences. Yeah. Right. And I think any, in any good story, and I'm not sitting here saying my story is a good story, <laughs> but any, any good story in general um, I think evokes the, the kind of thought and emotion that are the kind of things that our souls feed on to get through what can otherwise sometimes be a miserable existence. <laughs> I don't mean to get too dark. I, I just mean no, that, I just mean that stories. <laughs> I just mean that stories mean something. Yeah. And I am a story junkie. Like I voraciously read uh, fiction. Um, I, I I love movies. Uh, I love just good good stories, and so that's well, what I. Try they say to you do. are what you eat, and so it, it, seriously, yeah. and, and you, if you fill yourself up with uh, yeah. that stuff, it's going to come uh, and, back and I, out. And I've always like my biggest my my favorite songwriters are storytellers. Uh, Chris Knight is the, the prime example, and I, I this from the Brady Bunch. He is great. <laughs> Entirely different, different guy. Entirely different guy. No, I've seen you post about Chris before. Yeah, <laughs> big fan. Ad, yeah. ad nauseum, you yeah. know. And so this is this is the section of the of the podcast where if you can go to any and all podcasts and interviews I've ever done, and there's always a Chris Knight section because he's instrumental in so much of me even just doing this to begin with. Um, but I just think there's so much power in stories. I think I think they they're more powerful than just than just 
explaining an emotion because they they evoke their own emotions. And they it's what Mandy it. does for a living. It's it's uh, yeah. So, so you're a voice actor. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. So and a copywriter and a narrator. Yeah. Well, when I worked with Eric and Ted, I didn't have the glamorous job of being on the morning show. Yeah, and believe me, it was glamorous. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> All Shut that coffee Did you guys in. ever win? Did you guys ever win any awards for the whole birth, the birthday thing? <laughs> did you? Several. For the just, birthday. Just four birthdays. Celebrating local artists, featuring their talent, and not taking anything too seriously. You're listening to A Little Off Track. Go ahead, Mandy. <laughs> but I, I got to work with these guys and write commercials and produce spots. And what we know is what you're saying, you know, stories mm. are what resonate with people. Yeah. So, you know, it's about saying something in a way that evokes an emotion that you're not just handing off to somebody. Yeah. Cause that doesn't work. Right. right. But when you can make them feel it somewhere within themselves, yep. that does work. It's so now what I get life. to do, um, you know, when there are good scripts is I get to lend my voice to that. So not in the way that you do, because I can't sing for shit. <laughs> um, but well, I... Shit doesn't like listening to songs anyway. No. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So um, I, I get to lend my voice to, to good scripts and bring them to life that way. Cool. Yeah. You said, and, and she cried, you said that tears were the ultimate... Um, Compliment. Yeah. Really isn't a brawl thrown on the stage. Isn't that's that really true? The I couldn't part? get mine off. I, <laughs> isn't that really the I tried. I mean, panties I more no. so than brawl. No. I was like, Ted, help me. Where did that phenomenon I, start, by the I way? I couldn't get it. It was stuck on this blanket, and so then I, I started think, crying. I think, <laughs> I think tears no, you're right. are the are to a songwriter as the brawl is to a cover band. Oh. Poetic. I think that might be. Man, but I would, he I would burns also you argue. on album covers and in real life. <laughs> I'm on fire right now. <laughs> I would also argue that a laugh is, you know, as strong as a tear because absolutely. it's the opposite absolutely. side because, of that emotion. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Some songs are designed for that. Um, and so I've seen your songwriting's just gotten better. I'm impressed every time, and your so. confidence, yeah, and in, in, in singing that song, uh, and, and the love that's in it, you could hear it. Um, I was twiddling with the knobs over here, but I still felt it. And yeah, I, I, I don't remember what what line it was, but you you went up and you hit this really great note, and that was my favorite part. Thank you. It's, yeah. So it's been great to see the the, uh, the last twelve thirteen years that that growth has been amazing. The the one thing. And the, the consistent factor for the feedback, at least, has been so far. And going to the from a lot of the same guys that worked on this record that aren't in the band. So the guys that came in and did background vocals or steel guitar or or um, organ and stuff like that. And the and the the engineer, the producer, um, that's kind of been a consistent piece of feedback is that these songs are better than the last record yeah so, so that's good that's good to hear yeah do you know it after you've uh, uh written them you, you know, know i was really i i didn't know shit. i didn't know we were ready to record another i didn't know if i had enough stuff to record a whole nother record yeah um but we started trying anyways you know basically we sent about a year ago exactly um and well a year ago december i sent a bunch of voice memos to the guys in the band and just said all right rate them you know i even provided a rating sheet huh. um sent it to my wife sent it to the band's wives and just said you know everybody that was in our close little circle 
listen to these songs and rate them. You know, sent probably 20, 25 songs. And so that's where we kind of started. I narrowed them down to like 15 from there. Is that before the rest of the guys got a hold of them? Is that just after you? That, that was after I'd written them. Yeah. You know, I'd been accruing these over time, you know. And then we went to, um, we narrowed them down to like 15. We went to Wisconsin. I rented a cabin for us for a week, which would have been about right now last year. And we just, we set up a computer and recording equipment. And that's awesome. set up everything and in in the different rooms of the house and and worked through them and came up with arrangements to about 15 and then from there we narrowed down to like 11 that are going to be on the record it's very dirk spentley of you he did it for yeah. that bluegrass album he did he went away he, he went up in a cabin for yeah. a month and it was cool band. because you yeah. know otherwise it just take you know we get together once a week for three hours and right. really by the time you dick around you rehearse for maybe two hours and and so in, in order to just at least get hit the get everything together and be able to hit the ground running. And we just went up there and knocked it out and drank too much for, for a week. Well, you know, you wake up in the morning and that's I don't all you're going to do. Do what we did for 20 right. minutes before this podcast no, was, and try out levels. Was, I just plug in and go. It was great, man. Yeah. And Cause we would, we would get up, you know, get up, wander out of bed, nine, 10, whatever, whenever anybody wanted to, uh, right. You know, ha have, have breakfast, wake up coffee and then are you guys ready you want to hit a couple songs and do it and then have lunch and do it all afternoon and then have dinner and then if we felt like it maybe jam that evening maybe right. not um, but you had time but we had time to yeah. do it and there nice. wasn't anything else we had to do yeah so it was a great way to get started so by the time we got to kind of where we we figured out what songs we were really going to do um, it was really the guys in the band who who encouraged me that you know this is the best group of songs we've we've ever worked on um, because I wasn't sure I, I really wasn't sure. Where's the uh, uh, the ultimate home show where you're so ha where it's the biggest party uh, Not, and you see some of the same people you know. Well, that's boots bands and Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, my yeah, friend. Right. <laughs> Three, four hundred people out there, and you you're know, just like, "This is any, home." Anywhere in that, any it doesn't it doesn't have to be a specific spot. It's yeah. really anywhere from Peoria um, up up to Iowa City. That whole corridor, you know. Yeah. Up, so uh, right up through here, I if, wanted if you, you to name travel this, towns. If and, you yeah. could travel the 74, 74 to eighty corridor between between Peoria and Iowa City, that is that has become. And I used to just say Peoria, but that's not and that's still very true. But it, I, it behooves me not to mention the folks that are really like from, you know, from here um, to the Quad Cities and across over over to Iowa City. That's Iowa's become a, a, such a home base for us. And, and like the people like even in a small town like Cambridge, which is not far, too far from from here in Galesburg. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and just that whole corridor there has, has become a real. Real Check my Scrabble dictionary next to you for behooves. He gets like yeah, 20 points. Yeah, good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> you no, need, he misspelled you need it, four, actually. So. You need four vowels for behooves. Yeah. So. Be-boobs. Yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, the song we just heard, did we get a title? It's called Grandma's That's, Bible. Oh, Grandma's Bible, Bible. Yeah. yeah. You couldn't get that from the song, Eric? I... Jesus, I man! You, I was twiddling with the knobs. He'd be like, I was "So that." And the next, and the next time he, we talk, he'll be like, "So that grandma's toothbrush song." Like, that exactly. Such an asshole. I will. I probably will. Uh, I, I'll bet money on it. Yeah. Actually. Bloodshot yeah, <laughs> eyes looking out over red, white knuckles. Needle on the speed limit, got my seatbelt buckled. Turn signal points, this van up an exit ramp. 
So I found this lovely quote that described what you're doing. Can I share it yes. and have you comment yeah. if you're so inclined? Yeah. Is this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So this is just something I found on the internet, which mm-hmm. I'm sure is 100 percent reliable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like I, Joe's Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody out there, please create it. <laughs> so it says, "Quote: A year-round working musician, Stam has become something of an anthropologist of the tiny towns dotting Middle America." I think that's beautiful. Wow. Isn't that so lovely? An anthropologist of the tiny towns dotting middle America. And that just like, wow. that kind of knocked my socks off. So Someone what? said that about Joe? Yeah. Wow. Who, who said that, by the way? So an anthropologist, like in the way that you're digging up these authentic stories of the people who live there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that quote. I love that quote. Um, and you and knew of it. I did know of it. Yeah. I think I might have paid the person that wrote it. <laughs> Hey, that was money well spent. Yeah, that was worth every penny. (laughs) Yeah, that was. So here's the the great thing. Uh, We talked about my wife being a graphic artist. Yeah. My sister-in-law is a copywriter. Oh, nice. Um, So we hired her to do my my biography on our last record. And it's not like I tell her, you know, I don't tell her what to write. She just writes stuff up. But that was, I thought that was beautiful. And I... And and she came up with that all on her own without my coaxing, you know. Well, why yeah. has but, she not done a Wikipedia page for you yet? <laughs> I need to tell her to do it and pretend. I'm pretty sure I saw that quote her. on the back of the Jurassic Park DVD. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. She's know. a copywriter for Duluth Trading Company. So, like these snazzy oh, camo pants I'm wearing for Duluth, really? Yes. So no, I, no, I have, I have their underwear. Shut up. The, I, the it's ball. All, it's all I wear. Yeah. <laughs> But I recently, they do the best ads. Do you know Duluth? They I do. Don't. Oh my gosh! They Watch do. some Duluth ads okay. later on. Duluth and Trading Company, and they they do like outerwear. Yeah, so and innerwear, underwear as well. And, and they haven't. <laughs> I, I told her to have them. She got me these fire hose pants yes. for Christmas, which I've always thought. Like fire hose, like that doesn't sound comfortable at all. No, it doesn't. It sounds, it sounds worse than jeans. It's talking about your fire hose, well, but not I got the fire she hose. got me a pair. Not these. The, she got me like the khaki looking pair, and they're the most comfortable. Like I don't. They're the most. I wear them around the house for loungewear, pretty yeah. much. Wow. And so I ordered these because I get a discount. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I told her, I said, I want to be a spokesman. Yes, so you could be that. the face and voice of Duluth. But yes, I love that quote. My sister-in-law wrote it, um, but it still means a lot to me that she thinks enough of our music that that's what she wrote. Has anyone ever thrown Duluth uh, a trading company underwear on stage? You're like, hey, my sister-in-law works for these guys. That's great. I'm no. coming for you, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> you kind of you look like Buck, who is the guy who is the... He absolutely oh, does. Yeah. Do you, have, do you have hair? Are you are you balding at no, all? You are like that. Get a good amount he's, of hair. He's a bit you rotund. A, yeah. You know, yeah. What? I know what the fuck he looks like, Eric. <laughs> it's not cool, but I appreciate it because we're in this room right now. At, <laughs> after you crack your uh, 16th bush, this is before before you pick up your guitar again. Uh, tell me about you went to see uh, to your uh, beloved Steelers hometown. I uh, did. Why? Just because of uh, the Steelers, or why'd you go to Pittsburgh? Well, yeah, yeah, more Recently. or less. But we, so I take off December and January, which which is the reason I had time to drive over here and and. <laughs> 
knew you would. Because normally he'd tell us to pound sand. Well, normally I just wouldn't have time. You know, normally on Sunday we're either playing a show or we're driving back from some parts Midwest. Theodore, I'm telling you, he's never said no to me. The weirdest fucking thing. Um, well, part of that, though, is I was telling my wife today, she's like, again, she's like, why the fuck are you going over there? <laughs> it's fucking Eric. Fucking Eric. I did say that, that one thing is anytime I've wanted somebody, you know, come out with a new project or needed someone to spin something on some obscure place in, 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 in the cosmos, you've been willing to do it. Yeah. You know, always have and always been friendly about it, which is really cool because that's just not everybody's attitude. And even when the music was really bad, you still would do it. <laughs> Sturgill Simpson yeah. one time told us not to get fired for playing his shit. You sure did. Nice. You sure did. Yeah. So we'll play anything, we'll man. Play anything. <laughs> right. And those are the kind of places I've needed. Anyways. Uh, so I've been a lifelong Steelers fan. My brother is 10 years older than me. And so when he was a kid was the, those Super Bowls they were winning in the late seventies. Yeah. And so, you know, I just copied off him as a kid, as, as, as a younger brother does to his older brother who he looks up to. And so I've been a lifelong Sears fan. I've been to one game when, at Soldier Field many, many years ago when I was a kid. My brother oh, took wow. me. Yeah. Uh, but I'd never been to Pittsburgh. I'd never been to a home Steelers game. And so it was a little bit like my Graceland or my Mecca or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, There's so many bridges there. My wife would have it's a continuous beautiful. anxiety attack. Oh, we just go over one bridge. She's freaking out. It's the capital of, I there's mean, lot, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, there are. Yeah. And we had to stay, and it's it, the, the town is just, it's 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 beautiful. Um, it's clean, at least, I'm sure it has its areas that aren't, but the downtown area, we stayed right downtown, and you could walk across the person bridge to the stadium, and, you know, uh, and we walked, so we got there on Saturday, and found out the Pens had a home game. The Penguins had a home game. See, so, went and saw some hockey. So we bought tickets last nice. minute, had incredible seats, got to walk again. It's like a half mile, so you get to walk through town to That's the great. Penguins game, walk back to our place, and we walked across the river to the Steelers game the next day. It was awesome. It was summer. We could have walked three blocks a different direction and went to a Pirates game. Uh, but who would want to do that? <laughs> Beautiful stadium, though. Beautiful, Beautiful stadium. stadium. It's, yeah. and, and after being there, it's like we have to go back when the Pirates are playing the Cubs or something and go and go to a game because it's just it's awesome. And so it was really, we, we, like I said, I took off shows December, January this year. I have done it the last three years, and it's it, and it's been wonderful, um, a wonderful break to do that for, and healthy for my my mind and soul to do that. And so we just planned we plan a trip every year. Um, and this one we planned around doing it, finally going to a Steelers game, and it was it was awesome. I saw you have to do that. That's pretty cool. And yeah. I was like, wait, what is he walking around Pittsburgh for? Oh, I go, it's great. Is it, are you trying to just get out wear, there, put the footprints? Yeah, out it's, it's, and it was cool, man. I could wear obscure players from the '90s who nobody gave a shit about and who weren't really that good, but I was a kid and thought they were great. I can wear their jerseys around, and people know who they were. And there's just you know to be a part of that community and that camaraderie is something. As a non-Bears fan, I've never been able to really experience for football. I've experienced a little bit of it with the Cubs when they were good, you know, <laughs> to be <laughs> in that window of time. I but hope you get to go back there and play a show. I really do. To Wrigley Field? No, to Pittsburgh. To Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. yes, I would love to. Yeah. But I, I would, you know, if Wrigley Field invited me, I would bring. Sure. I would course. bring 50 to 100 of our hardest, you know, our, our biggest supporters. I mean, we'd try to we'll pack be there. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Ted'll wear that shirt. I'm going to need one. <laughs> Before, uh, hopefully, Joe will play us a, a couple more songs. Well, no, if you'd shut up, he, he would play us another one. I know. I, we we want to hear one. Um, are we going to hear an old one? Are we going to hear a new one? Uh, no, you'll hear a new one. Yeah. I'm tired of the old ones. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Do you want to hear? We kind of move on from those quickly. Um, no, but you know, people already know about those. Yeah. Or you know. By the way, Anybody? who does? He has a song. I don't know if if you uh, looked uh, up any. Uh, fuck it out. Which is great. Yeah. Fuck it yeah. out. It was the top of the Spotify list. Right, right, right. Yes. And, and, and what a great song. Who is doing the background vocals on that? She's amazing. Uh, her name is Tanya Hancheroff. I, 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 I've never met Tanya. Um, she did her vocals elsewhere? She does her, no. She, well, yeah, she always does them remotely. So the, oh. the guy oh. who does our background vocals, his name is Perry Coleman. And both of these people, like, if you could pull up any. Like you, you've played Perry Coleman on your radio station thousands and thousands of times. He, he was in uh, when Tim and Faith had their thing out in Vegas. He mm. was their background singer okay. live, but he's been on so many. A good story about Perry is that um, Ray Kennedy is a producer down in down in Nashville and was getting ready to work on a Steve Earle record, and. Uh, Steve Earl and he he pitched Perry Coleman to do the background vocals and and Steve wanted to hear tape on Perry so so but Perry's response to to Steve was turn on the fucking radio <laughs> like, wow. you think I am like I'm gonna you know but but the cool thing about about Nashville is that you you can have access to these like world class musicians mm. um, Tanya and Tanya the, who did the background vocals on. Um, on fuck it out is, is one of those. And again, she's been on uh, any number of um, things. She used to sing backgrounds for rascal flats and, and, and all this. Not, I'm not trying to name drop. It's just, it just is yeah, yeah. the world. Like you could literally go down and start a record and hire these people to turn on. Uh, radio. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's not, it's not like it's, it's, they, they were so like, they thought so much of me. They were, They've is she the gal bridges. that's also on The First Time I Saw You? Is that the name of it? No, that's Taji Bachman. Taji Bachman, who was just from Toulon, oh. Illinois. Oh. What a, and what a, what a great song that was, yeah. uh, the two of you. Yeah, and you know, you, you talk about Fuck It Out. It's not even a song we put in, in our sets regularly. We'll do it as an encore. So you have to encore us if you want to hear Fuck It Out. And by that time in the show, you know whether it's the whether it's an appropriate song to sure. play or not. It's sure. not one you can plug into every every show and play. And yeah, frustratingly enough, you know all these songs that I pour my heart and soul into writing, and then fuck it out. <laughs> is the top one stream song. That is the one we're talking. And that about. was the same with Midwest Girl for the longest time, which is some of the corniest stupid writing I've ever committed in my life and that is still all remains one of our most popular songs but you know I'm, I'm not begrudging people for listening it's you just... have to explain it to your kid one day and that should be a great conversation <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. daddy what's this song all about well that and the, that song came about because we were opening for Jared Neiman over in Streeter um, a couple years ago and Jared's a really really nice guy and yeah. again I'm not trying to name drop because if, no, if you went up to Jared and asked him about Joe Stan he'd be like <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, but he's a really nice guy, and so he invited me on the, his bus and wanted to do a shot of Jack and stuff, and which is the only reason I would ever do a shot of Jack. But um, he was telling this story about another country music star who won't name, but you'd recognize him if I did. And he was talking about their mar their marital issues, and he's like, "I just told so and so they just need to fuck it out." I was like, Jerry, that's that's a good idea for a Boom. song. He's like, write it. <laughs> so I did the next okay. day. I wrote it, and that's pretty great. Turned into yeah. It's a you know, it's it's not a song that we do a lot of marketing around, but it's you know, it's still our. It'd be a great T-shirt though. Song. We it we would be a good. We did pillows. I need a second shirt. Oh, pillows! We oh, did I pillow, love that. We did pillowcases. No, yeah. fantastic. Uh -huh. 
this song is so you know when i first released it my dad we go out to dinner he's like so what's with this new song <laughs> well wait didn't you hear grandma's bible that yeah. makes yeah. up for it dad well, no, and, and, and my brother's there too and you know they're they're what'd you say views, to dad views on life were considerably more conservative than mine are and um and i i tried i attempted to explain <laughs> that that it's actually about about working out issues in a healthy way with a committed partner. And, and in the context of the song, it's about married partner, a mar- married couple who has kids and they're just, and just used the struggling best. and, 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 you know, fuck it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I tried to explain that to him and it's, it's like, but, but never, never. And in fact, we worked, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to bring this back to this point with my, with my dad. Um, here in a minute, but we were working with a company, a major public corporation at the time who had worked with us on a project. And, um, after we released this song, they distanced themselves from us. Mm. And, and we found out about this through a venue who was trying to do some collaboration between, cause they were in the same town and blah, blah, blah. And, and bringing this back to them as well as my my dad or anybody else who is offended by this it's like i never hear anything from people offended by the songs the many songs i've written involving cocaine and murder yeah <laughs> however mm. if i write a song Call that's it. about that's about about um working through problems with your spouse in a healthy productive way and doing the and most just, natural thing and, in the world and just use the <laughs> yeah. f word then people are up and on yeah. right. like, like go the, back to murder songs yeah, yeah. kind of fucking ridiculous <laughs> things about shut up and tell us about cocaine <laughs> that are just infuriating but all that said it's still um at the time at the moment anyways i think yeah the last time i looked it was our most streamed song it's the uh <laughs> a little off track uh, podcast and our friend Joe Stam is here. He's about to play yeah. another song. What's this one called, my man? The song's called Second Coat of Paint. It was actually an idea that a fan sent me over an Instagram message for a song, which I get a lot of these, and most of them, you know, they're most of them are not actionable, I'll say. And this one I thought was a great idea. And again, it's one of the slower songs. Um, because again, that's kind of what this situation lends itself towards more. Yeah. Um, and it's the last track on the upcoming record called uh, called Wild Man, but this is called Second Coat of Paint. Faint smell of perfume, coffee in the air, dust hanging up in the sunrise glare, and a bathrobe in the kitchen, her eyes soft and dry, never leave the cup she's been holding through the night. She says, this is going to take some effort in a second coat of paint It's gonna take some tears And the patience of a saint It's gonna be a patchwork Cause you just can't erase The pain underneath It ain't gonna go away It's gonna take a lifetime Colors you can change You can cover up what's done But it'll never be the same A little boy's hand 
held by his mom's little boy's arms, pulled full of holes. She whispers in his ear as the beef starts to slow. Me and Dad'll be okay. We know it's your time to go. This is gonna take some effort and a second coat of paint. It's gonna take some tears and the patience of a saint. It's gonna be a patchwork. Cause you just can't erase the pain underneath. It ain't gonna go away. It's gonna take a lifetime. Colors you can change. You can cover up what's done, but it'll never be the same. So that came from Instagram? Yeah. Or the inspiration came the from Instagram? Inspir- like, yeah. like I insta'd you and I said, hey, man, second coat of paint. And you're like, all right, boom, got it. Or were there lyrics underlying in that? Oh, uh, no. You, you just, again, it was a fan that, that just thought it was a good idea, concept for a song. And he just said, you know, I, I had this idea for a song. It's called Second Coat of Paint, and it'd just be about... You know, changes in life and, and moving on and, and shit. And, it's you know, awesome. And the thing yeah. I think that 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 struck me about it was the the power in it is that the the layers of paint that are underneath. Sorry, they okay. they don't go away. You mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff is still there. It still exists. It doesn't evaporate. It doesn't it doesn't um, go anywhere. Uh, and, you still have to move on and you're still, you know, I gotta your, tell your you, life is recolored. Your storytelling has gotten amazing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like not that it wasn't before. Right. But like I I'm sitting no, here listening to that and I'm picturing myself watching that lady in the kitchen, you know, like yeah. I, I can, I can visualize what you're singing about and it's phenomenal. I think, I'm, you know, really when, when he's it. doing the jingles for Duluth trading company, we're going to go, <laughs> we've been there. Yeah. We've been there with that guy since the beginning. Uh, I can feel that underwear on my yeah, nuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ballroom pants. Um, uh, yeah. Th- well, paint, I think one thing that I've, that I try to think about when I write is painting pictures Yeah, with words, uh, which sounds cliche ish. No. It kind of is, but that is kind of the approach that I try to take. Yeah. Uh, to songs and and telling stories. 
So your songwriting is it's mind blowing and you're rocking my world. Thank you. But let's talk a little bit about that voice. So you're telling me you didn't you didn't sing before you started playing guitar at 26. No, you know, I grew up uh as we covered earlier more of a jock in sports and and you know, I was the the music teacher not because I was any type of savant or anything. She just any any kid she could she could wrestle into being in choir. She would. Um, I feel like your testicles have dropped a little more since teacher. I met you in 09 too. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we turned up the bass just a little bit, and it's a it's a it's a great thing. It is singing. Singing is something I've made an effort to improve. I had a vocal coach for a long time until she kind of got to the point where she's like, I don't. And this wasn't because I'm perfect or got to where I was so great, but she was just, there wasn't a whole lot for us left to do. You know, I've bought in courses. I, I've worked on it by myself a lot. It's been a point of emphasis. Um, but as a, as a kid, singing was kind of a sissy thing. Uh, I remember I was downstairs working on, or not working on, just belting out uh, A Whole New World from the Aladdin soundtrack. Yeah, one time. Yeah. A whole new world. You know, very <laughs> theatrical. Yeah. Uh, a dazzling place I never knew. But uh, I was downstairs because this is where my bedroom was, and I remember my sister opening in the door and making fun of me. Oh. And that's it. It's, it's like one of those core memories for me. And yeah. she would. She hates this story because she she's one of my biggest supporters and buys all my records and everything. Um, but but at but that it, moment it, she burst your bubble. Well, yeah. I mean, she's four years older yeah. than me. I'm probably. Eight and she's twelve or don't quit your day job. Ten, yeah, yeah. she was just doing her job. She's just making fun sister, of me yeah. you know, for, yeah. for singing a theatrical Disney song <laughs> by myself in my bedroom. Um, and and you know and that that kind of embarrassment or self consciousness about singing really did carry through for me uh, for a long time. And when, but I always knew I had the potential. Like I could carry a tune. Mm -hmm. Like I knew like had general the pitch and stuff and that's stuff i still work to improve on but <coughs> but um and was that was that a cough like when i said i, I have general pitch no no that's right. <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what it's like bullshit <laughs> i i don't uh, joe has such a uh you have such a um talking about him like he's not in the room uh confidence when he talks and um just you're, you're confident about every area of your music and there was one interview you're playing the back row music festival and we we're talking i've never told you this story right. and i didn't it happened you were in the room when it happened <laughs> my phone was sitting up uh in the studio and a text came through while he was talking and it said who is this douchebag <laughs> no <laughs> Someone I know later went, oh, he's awesome. Oh, yeah, yes. I know that dude. I'm not going to tell you. I'm never going to tell him who it is. Uh, but, I know exactly But I laughed. I, I laughed at the moment because I, I sort of understood from them, if they if you don't know Joe, and Joe is just expounding, and because he's confident about what he does and what he loves, I don't take it as that either. God, he can be a douchebag sometimes. I've never thought that. But I, <laughs> but I could understand where that person was coming from, and I, was, I just laughed. Are you regretting coming here now? No. <laughs> you have a lot no, of regrets? Or? It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Um, it was a great moment because it confirmed. I was like, no, Joe. It's just a confident mofo, and yeah, he names drops every once I, in a while. But I think I, I think the the thing about I think the thing about that is is again, so much of that is so, so much. It goes back to what I was talking about when I first started playing. 
thank God I was so fucking ignorant. You know, because if I had to go back and watch some of those original shows, and yeah. again, I hope in 10 years I look back on what I'm releasing and what I'm doing now, and I'm like, God, thank God I was so ignorant. Um, and, and hopefully in that when I say that, it's because I think I've improved, you know? Yeah. I, right. I, I, don't, I don't know, but but that's hilarious. And I, 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 and, I, and, I probably and, deserved uh, it. Yeah. No, it, I, I think it's a compliment. It. It's a compliment. Have you ever done um, a hidden track on an album? Yeah. I Would have. you do a whole new world as a hidden track? <laughs> because I think that would be amazing. To to, to answer your question, despite um, the, whatever the, that the, was the the, the the off the the offshoot that was <laughs> Eric's uh, insulting story there was uh, the my senior year. So we had again, I had started taking um, guitar lessons, and then uh, the one thing that was really cool, <laughs> the one thing, um, more or less. Was really cool about the the school I graduated from. It was small. It was like two thousand people, and they would do these things called nostalgia nights. And it was a dry campus. You couldn't drink. You couldn't party. You couldn't do any of that stuff. Wow. So, to but as the, the the positive side of that was, they did have very there was a lot of vitality in the community events they would put on, and one of them was called nostalgia night, and and the the chapel would be totally packed. And I think it was you know a thousand seat chapel and you would put it you'd put a band together and you would perform a song from the from like it had to be 20 years prior to whatever the date was and so we did freebird so the first ever public performance was me singing freebird to uh you know 800 1000 students and that was the same time that i was starting to write songs and play guitar and so then i started singing from there and just kind of went went from went from there I hope it's a hidden track on the next album. I know. So I, I didn't do hear I didn't hear him say no, man. No. He didn't say no. <laughs> it was a solid maybe. Is it too late to get that on this album? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we want you to get home with your uh, with your lovely wife on this yeah. Sunday, so we're, we're we won't keep you uh, much longer. Cool. I, I want to go uh, sort of around the horn. I want to make this part of our podcast on uh, you've got to see, hear, or read. You and I used to kind of do, do yeah. this. Anything we've seen or, or heard, music wise or reading right now. Each one of us. I'm going to start with uh, Mandy because. Oh. Uh, could it be a movie? Can, it can be a movie that that you're okay. blown away by that uh, that people yeah. need to know about. So I watched a really great movie. Maybe you guys have seen it on Netflix. It's like in the top ten. It's um, Pale Blue Eyes. You've with seen this, Christian Bale. My have wife watched. You have to compare notes with Laura. Yeah. She so it. Christian Bale is in it, and I love him and everything because he's just such a transformative actor. Yes. And like you, you, sometimes you're like, is that him? And it is. Yeah. And he's like just. Yeah, amazing. But yeah. what I especially loved is that Edgar Allan Poe plays a character in the movie. Mm. And you never see Poe brought to life in film, right? Have you ever seen anything where somebody played Poe? No, I don't think so. Right? So somebody plays Poe or Edgar <laughs> Allan Poe? Because I'm trying to figure out the logistics of that. Yes. So the, the John story... Cusack played him, I think, in The Raven. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe. Well, but the story takes place. <laughs> but it was horrible. Yeah, the story takes place in the 1830s in New York when Edgar Allan Poe would have been a cadet at the military academy. Okay, so um, a murder takes place, and then um, the main character is an investigator, and he hires Poe to help him, and he's played by this really uh, curious strange actor i mean he looks really just interesting um and it's a delightful film and at the end there's a twist and i just love seeing edgar Allan poe 
being portrayed at a young age. Um, I'm a literature um, major and and fan of Poe, long time, um, because he's dark and brooding, and you know he's always talking about death. He's like obsessed with mm-hmm. it, and that's weird, but also like you know it pulls you in. So that is mine. Pale blue eyes, nice mm-hmm. on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great, Joe Stan. Oh, I'm next. All right, well, <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do two parts. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, first one. The only reason I'm doing this is because you mentioned Christian Bale, okay. and the reviews on the movie Amsterdam are really <gasps> bad. We watched that too, and it's excellent. And I don't know who is watching this and saying this is a bad movie, other than people who are just expecting, uh, you know, sugar coated nonsense yeah you know bale and denzel washington's boy right is in it too is that denzel washington's kid it is yes and the girl who plays harley quinn margot robbie yeah yeah so i would say uh that's one that i would say if if you like stories and good film Mm -hmm. then that's don't don't um because for the longest time we didn't watch it because of the reviews but i finally like i loved the trailer like i have and i love christian bale like how bad could it possibly be can we say what happens to taylor swift in the first five minutes oh Oh, so that was great wait does taylor swift die so my my wife literally goes thank god (laughs) (laughs) My, my other my other quick dovetail is you mentioned netflix and i burned through the longmire series oh um back some time ago and again this is not like profound art like amsterdam is is a is a kind of a work of art yeah. longmire is not but i've went since went started reading the long longmire books mm. and walt longmire and henry standing bear might be my two of my favorite characters in american literature history it's pretty great they're just great characters yeah. i mean it's predictable nonsensical mystery crime set in abssaroka county wyoming Wild West. Yes. Meyer was but Wild like West. modern yeah. wild modern yeah, yeah. Wild West. And it is just the some of the cheapest like incredible like these two <laughs> like I want to hang out with these two. <laughs> I want to hang out with these two guys. I want to I want to be welcomed in their company. I like, want to so sing them songs yes. at the bar yes. after too many yes. years. And yeah. and and, and uh, to name drop, if I can make an effort to name drop here, when I was <laughs> when I was doing the the series when I was going through the series several years ago on Netflix, um, the, the one of the worst castings maybe in history is that Henry Standing Bear, who is a Cheyenne uh, guy in in this like football hero, Vietnam War hero, etc., was played by Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh. Okay, LDP. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, but anyways, like me and Lou tweeted back and forth a couple times about the series and about how we wish there had been more live music in the series. No I was just way. watching Young Guns the other day. You and Lou Diamond you Phillips. Oh yeah, LDP. man. So we hold on. You talking about Emilio Estevez? You talking about? Yes. You talking about wow. uh, what's his name? Kiefer. Kiefer. Yes. Have you ever listened to Kiefer Sutherland's records? Oh, yes, I used to play. I used to play uh, the whiskey song. <laughs> so bad. From, no, 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 no. Hey, Jude Cole helped him. Uh, really? Uh, you think they're bad? Really? Have you listened to the writing in those? No, I ha- only played the one song. Uh, uh, listen, whisk- listen down. I can't. Listen down. I can't think of the name of it. And every we're time like, I played it, I would not say it was Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, we're batting above our. Our level here. Oh, I like, knew that. A guy Theodore who's hits. tweeting with uh, <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips. Once again, Shit, man. so if, if I have mentioned any famous names in this, <laughs> in this, please understand that none of them know who I am. 
I once wore a shirt uh, from this guy named Joe Stam. <laughs> and and he does not that. know who you are. Theodora. And he does not know who I am. <laughs> uh, uh, something uh, you got to hear, see, or read. Okay, yeah. so uh, I have been consuming podcasts at like an enormous rate, baby. Promote another podcast. What's that? I thought you were going to say burritos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have been consuming. Is that what, is that what this burritos. looks like? At an enormous rate. So, so my burrito intake lately has been through the roof. Um, but one particular thing that I would like to shout out is um, Open Arguments is a podcast. Mm. And like... It sounds dry and mundane, uh, but it is a lawyer, an honest to God litigation lawyer and a comedian. And they get together and they will do topics just ranging from what's going on in the news to the day or just shit that like makes them giddy. And their last episode was about Dungeons and Dragons and the litigation of like the so Dungeons and Dragons, right, has been around for 27 years now. My eyes literally just glazed over. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Dungeons and Dragons litigation. You started check it out. You started losing me at lawyer and litigation, and then you mentioned Dungeons and Dragons, and I I think for the first time I was checking the the time. Like, oh, shit, (laughs) I gots to go. All right, well, if you're into those two things, which I am. You hit a nerve with many many of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, my husband was just like, what? He's texting Ted, what's that podcast I think he he hit whatever is the opposite of a nerve with that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Well, Joe Stam does not approve. I'm <laughs> turning my shirt inside out right now. Um, but seriously, I, I like it. It's pretty good. If you enjoy, like, things that Joe doesn't, then you're going to enjoy this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean. I, I would probably find it fascinating. I do. No. Like, I do like fantasy. I love fantasy fiction stuff. It, it was. Love. It was good. Um, but yeah, you gotta like stuff like that. <laughs> Which, so, so your yours comes with a qualifier. Mine comes with a qualifier of I listen to too much shit. Okay. Don't take legal advice from a you. Podcast. Do not listen <laughs> to music in your car. It's podcast. It's it's one hundred percent talk radio podcast all the time. When yeah. do you listen to music? Is there I, a time, like, when you're getting ready? Uh, Joe played the two most songs I've listened to in the past month and a half. That's what's that. Mine, wow. A big mine, music fan. Mine, minor, songs, minor songs and really kind of uh, uh, my daughter's, uh, two of my daughter's favorites. One, the new SZA album uh, is really, really great. I don't know if you know who SZA is. SZA? S-Z-A. Really good. Um, um, some hip-hop, soul, r His eyes glazed over. Again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the new, the, new, the new Lana Del Rey. She's a big Lana Del Rey fan. The new Lana Del Rey song. Listen to it on the way home. Cool. Uh, did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? She's Lana Del Rey. Beautiful text, voice. text me that. And the book my wife got me for Christmas, uh, Quentin Tarantino's uh, Cinema uh, Confidential, Ooh. where he... Tells it like it is on movies you grew up with. Um, his mom used to take him and all her boyfriends, all his stepdads, to movies when he was like, uh, you know, 12, this 10, is what 11, made 12 him years the old. Freaky motherfucker that yes, he is. Yeah, with all these nice. adults in this world. Yeah. And he tells that story and dishes on, on some of his favorite movies and the stars in him. So I'm, cool. I'm currently reading that. I've read I've 18 books in my entire life. 
Uh, but if it's 18, you know, is that the count? It's fine. In case you forgot what the hell you're listening to, this is a little off track. Stay tuned for more tracks from Joe Stam's upcoming album, Wild Man. Eric, you have the physical. Eric is using his let's wrap this up voice. Yeah, yeah he is. I don't, is. don't want to wrap tone. it up. I don't want to wrap it up, and I feel like we'd be getting more than our money's worth if we got one more song. I don't. I don't know about that. Oh shit. But. I have one request, and yeah. if you'll grant me this one request, I will. I, and I, see, I wasn't planning on playing a third song, so I. But we I, will be able but, to check. The but score okay, for I got you. one. I got one. I can. I can do my my request though, is uh, if can you name this podcast? Not 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 the podcast, but the episode. Yeah, the episode. Who is this douchebag? Yes, yes. Oh, a little <laughs> off track. We don't even need to write it down. Subcolon. Who is this douchebag? We don't even need to write it down. That's so great. It feels right. Yeah. 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 Are you like me? Like after the station, you're just like, I don't have to be on social anymore, so I'm not gonna be on social. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, so I haven't been. I yeah, haven't but if been. you want to launch a podcast, you have to be on. Social. Yeah, you kind of have to be. On well, social. here we are again. Well, well, in '09 or '07 when you started, it wasn't as intense, and you'd have to worry about that shit, right? And now, it, it, if it weren't up. for social media, I wouldn't have a career. I mean, as an independent artist, you just—it's just—and you're so good at it. Yeah. It looks like you enjoy it, and I know your wife is uh, is a big part of that too. She doesn't post anything, but she she helps with you know if we need art, if we need anything created to make it look better, um, she will review. Like I had to send in some videos yesterday to um, a prominent uh, country music uh, media mm-hmm. platform thingy. Thingy. And, um, <laughs> Name drop again because the episode is called Mr. No. Douchebag. <laughs> and, and I had one that I, I had done. Uh, Patty Love, they wanted either a cover or original. I sent them both. They chose the, the original, which is cool. But I did uh, um, it, uh, Patty Loveless. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. God, I'm drawing a blank. On what song it was? Yeah, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, and you know, I, I done it and she, I, I played it for her. She's like, mm, no. So she does filter. Some <laughs> of the things. Yeah. Yeah. The podcast is with my friend Mandy and, uh, Theodore and, uh, I'm Eric and our friend Joe Stan. We're, we're so, uh, blessed to have him here on a Sunday afternoon. Joe, take it away, brother. Prices ain't what they used to be This time of year Still find me Waiting down the creek Setting muskrat lines My kids said Ought to hang it up And they bought me a phone To keep in the truck But it's turned off And out of reach most of the time I tell them the creek bank Ain't a bad place to die Cause I'm an old man Living out mountain days in a strange land The face I shave is a different man Who I don't recognize Oh, the wear and tear Weren't for my kids, I'll be out of here Never look back and I wouldn't care What I left behind Oh, but the world I'm leaving behind Still keep 
If you head out back in a sit here watching them pick the grass, them cows is the closest thing I got left to friends. Cause the old souls in their big wet eyes is the one thing I still recognize. So I ain't got the heart to haul them in. I just move them back and forth from pasture to pen. Cause I'm an old man living out modern days in a strange land. The face I shave is a different man who I don't recognize. Oh, I went one for my kids, I'll be out of here. Never look back and I wouldn't care. What I left behind, oh, but oh, what I'm leaving behind. Cause the pheasants ain't in the fence rows, and we're all staring at our cell phones, not listening to the earth as he cries. I'm an old man living out my days in a strange land. The face I shave is a different man who I don't recognize. Hold oh, the winter, run for my kids, I'll be out of here. Never look back and I wouldn't care what I left behind. Oh, what a We do this, the most lovely thing about these Midwestern themes, and I get it now. Like, I I was reading what they were saying about your music, and and now to be here and hear it live, it is very powerful. Um, But, you know, the the pasture to pin. My favorite line. One of my favorite lines I've ever written. I love that so much. Um, And then in the song that you played before about the paint on the walls, I don't know if it's true in other areas of the country because I've only lived here. But these old homes, like the one we're in now, mm. how many layers of paint? Yeah. How many conversations have been had? How many trials have been worked through? And and then the old man looking in the mirror and not recognizing that face, wanting That's to leave, line. but staying because of family. We all say that. I say that. I would live somewhere else. Why do we live here? It's cold. It's cold right now. It's ugly outside. Your husband's going to wonder why three men made you quite cry twice. <laughs> no, he gets it. I'm, I'm an emotional basket case. That's just part of being with, with me. But um, those, those are just so specific to where we are, and it's just lovely. On behalf of your hosts, Eric Hansen, Ted Bevenauer, and Mandy Balser, thank you for indulging us. And a huge thanks to Joe Stam for making the drive when he'd rather be home watching football. Hi, I'm Joe. I'm going to play music tonight. Join us next time as we go a little off track. A huge thank you to Aurora Jean Bevenauer, the 10-year-old writer and composer of that bitchin' theme song. That girl's going places. This has been a little off track. 
Join Eric Hansen, Ted Bevenauer, and Mandy Balser next time. And until then, don't take anything too seriously.